welcome to the Everything ECU podcast. I am your host, Carla Ward of Early Learning Foundations. Do you struggle to connect with parents or find time to engage with them? Well, you're in luck. Joining me today is Rhea Simon from Hi Mama. Rhea is an early childhood educator and a community ambassador at Hi Mama. Welcome to the show, Rhea. Thanks for having me, Carla. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, Before we get started, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and a little bit about what Hi Mama is? Oh, always the hardest question when it's about yourself. Um, So for myself, obviously, I'm an early childhood educator, like you mentioned, community ambassador with Hi Mama. Um, I'm the host of the Hi Mama Helps webinar series, which I know many people have heard of, or maybe you haven't. Please do check them out. You can find everything on our website. As in regards to personal life, I spend quite a bit of time with my family, obviously COVID aside. um, I enjoy being just in and around with my friends hanging out. I spent a lot of time on the water and uh, in a good book, especially now with COVID, that was super easy to get back into and stay a part of. No kidding. Uh, Right. It was, it was, I was like set up for success there. And (laughs) in regards to hi mama, if you haven't checked us out, I'll give you just a quick nutshell because of course I could spend hours talking about that piece, but um, Hi Mama, we're a childcare app. We help you in the center. So whether you work in the classroom, whether you work at the front desk, wherever you are in the center, we meet a variety of needs. So from, you know, communicating with families to lesson planning, to helping with billing, to, um, you know, just all of those nitty gritty pieces that potentially, you know, like daily reporting, things that you might be doing on paper uh, these days. And, and, Lots of folks have moved away with that because of COVID. Um, but any of those pieces, we're here to help you out. And if you want to check us out, please do check out HiMama.com. So it's H-I-M-A-M-A.com. And we'd love to chat with you further about how we can help you out in your community. So those are those two pieces in a, a quick nutshell for you. No, and I love it. And for those of you who don't know the Hi Mama app, it really does save you time. And if there is one thing ECEs need more of, we know that it is time. I'm seems like it's never there. Like it, it's always flying by. And yes, for early childhood educators, it's um, you, you blink and your day is over. It, it goes by so quickly. So exactly. And the last thing we want to be doing at the end of the day is filling out our filing reports. Right. So yep. this app is quick and it's efficient. Um, and apparently that's our advertising plug for the day because I'm <laughs> such a big fan of Hi Mama. Right. So I just, I absolutely love it. Um, and today we're talking about parent engagement and actually that's, this app is another great way to engage parents. Um, 100%. definitely, um, using that communication skills and having strong communication with parents has so many benefits to it. Um, but I have you on the show today to help us enhance our parent engagement. So my first question today is what does parent engagement look like, or what should it look like in an ECE classroom? Oh, there's the nice part about this question is that there's not one strict working model. So obviously it's going to depend on really how your center philosophy is built and how you as an educator or director owner, or even as a parent, how you think parent engagement looks. So there's a a couple of pieces I want to touch on and maybe what I'll do is take the three different perspectives to start. So from an educator side, from my own perspective lens of this 
in my classroom, engaging with your families is not only in written communication, but it's conversation that you're having. It's the relationship, that working relationship that you're building. And it really all starts with just being your authentic self. I can't stress that one enough. Um, as a single parent coming in or as, you know, whether they be uh, same sex parents or whoever they may be, because the family, you know, windows are changing and in some very interesting and fun ways these days. Um, mm -hmm. You just want parents to really engage with you. So just being your authentic self and opening up those conversations to start those, you know, relationship building pieces will really, really start allowing for just more open communication. And then it takes that step further. So when it comes to your reporting on the child on a day-to-day -day basis, of course, their needs on the basic side, but also their development, which starts to get more personal. You can start having those more in-depth conversations with parents. And the nice part is because you've built that trust, you've built those relationships, potentially having any difficult conversations start to become easier because if you've already set yourself some great foundations. On a director's side, once again, you're typically talking with families about, you know, some touchy pieces. Sometimes financially, you know, it childcare can be quite the burden and no matter where you are and what you're doing in your life. And so having built those relationships, starting to understand the things that are happening at home, taking the time to talk to families, which isn't always easy. You said it, Carla, right at the very beginning, time is a stretch in yes. every educator's aspect. So making sure you're building those pieces because yes, let's say, and heaven forbid anyone have this, uh, you're struggling with a teacher. Maybe um, you, you just don't connect with this particular educator um, or something's just going on. You don't know where to start. You may turn to your director for whatever reasons, uh, of course, and just have those conversations, build those working pieces. It's a two-way street though. And this is where I turn to parents and, and what it would look like on their side and ties it really well together because it's not ever going to be a one-way street when you start creating parent engagement in your center. It's a community. You also have to give as a parent. You also have to be willing to have conversations, to be willing to open up that okay, this might be a difficult conversation, but I'm, I'm open to listening. I may have to take it and come back to you, but let those educators know that. Let that director know that if that's how you process things. And you'll be setting yourself up for success in all three areas. Right. And, but how do you get those parents that have had bad experiences because so much of how somebody behaves is based on mm. experience, right? Yep. And I, when I used to be a, a supervisor, we had some parents that came from childcare centers where they almost felt attacked by a oh, staff no. member. Yeah. Or a director. Um, so how do you almost fix a relationship that you haven't actually been responsible for damaging? <laughs> right. And then building that strong communication and relationship. That's, this is a great question. And Hopefully this doesn't happen to many parents and I'm, I'm sorry for whoever this does happen to and that that ruins your experience all around It makes that negative view no matter where you go it imprints that on your brain. I personally would take that and just start fresh with these parents treat them as a brand new parent who's never gone through the process before because what you've done is you've taken away any barriers from the start and the other piece too is you're also you know, looking for the things in the roadblocks they had. You're not leaving roadblocks up, which were created because of previous situations and previous conversations that have been had. 
and don't dive into the hard stuff right away. They, mm-hmm. for all you know, they might be open to doing so, but you also don't want to go in head first and just kind of dig yourself into a deeper hole. You want to start with those itty bitty pieces. Like this is the introduction to our classroom. Maybe you do um, some sort of journaling. Maybe you are using something like Hi Mama and you you take 10 minutes, have someone step onto the floor for you, walk them through a couple of pieces that are important, especially for your classroom. Start fresh with them so that they actually get a different image imprint on that side. And I, it personally, I'd bring it all together as a team, do it with like your, your director, do it with your coworker, have parents there. If it's been a really harsh situation that they're coming from, um, yeah, Carla, I actually worked with a couple families who, um, you know, the, the children came from child's aid and it was a really hard time for me having these children. It was my very first go having, you know, children who are placed with us because of specific care and working with uh, the grandparents who ended up being, um, you know, the people at the time who were caring for these, these couple of little guys. And so it's not easy when they've had a, a negative situation happening at home, as well as a negative situation in a previous center. So it's start fresh is my personal choice. Um, but I also love and be open to hearing other, other situations that have happened. So. No. And I love that. And I, and I completely agree starting fresh and being welcoming, right. Yeah. Letting, letting those families know that your center is a safe place, right. And a place where you are open to having that conversation. Um, so great answer to the question. And I think for anybody who encounters that, um, that is something absolutely tangible that we can put into place right away. Um, but why, why push for parent engagement? Um, anybody who's been in the field for a long time, we see the benefit, we know the benefit of having parent engagement and having parents involved, but for those, um, ECEs who are just starting out, why put the effort in? Totally. And this is a great question because like myself, uh, thrown to the wolves a little bit, you know, I didn't really have, I had zero background. Let's be real. I just got into it and really went hip deep in mud. And, um, and I'm sure <laughs> we, we all did. did. <laughs> yes, we all did. That was the last thing that was on my mind. I, I had no clue. I had no idea what that meant. I had, you know, I was young, fresh out of school, didn't know what was going on. Um, if you're in that situation, take that piece and make it, yes, of course, getting to know what's going on, the routine, things like that, documentation, obviously get to know that. That's pretty important on your day-to-day life. But starting from the moment you can, getting parent communication and really actually engaging with families is your, it's going to be a, your number one barrier if you don't tackle it and Mm -hmm. B it sets you up for success as an educator. So it's, it's a key piece. We know this to successful learning in the classroom and all the way through wherever they are in their piece of education. Uh, We, like you said, we know this as educators. It's not, it's not behind the, everyone knows that piece, but on the same side, it's an important piece to just dive in right off the top, especially if you're someone potentially who's a little shy. Um, maybe you're, and I also sat in this, this chair. I was now, no, I, I can talk with you forever, but in past times, it made it a lot more difficult for me to have conversations about, you know, issues that I saw arising, language development, um, you know, cognitive development. There things that I needed to actually start having those important conversations. I had not set myself up with these families for success because I hadn't started early enough in the engagement with them when I first walked into the classroom. So it ended up being a conversation that my coworker had to take on because she had developed that 
quickly, as well as obviously had a bit more, um, you know, history with the children, with the families, but you want to be able to get into that. And if it takes an introduction, then have a coworker do so have, um, you know, especially as you're coming in, maybe as a, as a substitute teacher of some kind, and you're really just filling in, get to know the parents, even if you're there one day, take time to have those conversations with families, it will really, really help you down the road. Oh, absolutely. And I can even think so when I started as an EC, I was 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when I started as an educator, I was 19. And you can imagine that some parents were not overly thrilled to have a 19 year old taking care of their children. And it became this battle of me proving that I'm not a babysitter, which some of us, I mean, we face on a day to day, right? Because they've got a 19 year old down the street babysitting their kids on Fridays and Saturday nights. So what's the difference? And I really, I'm thankful that I'm an extrovert. Um, So it wasn't hard for me to talk to parents, but I really had to bring that communication and present myself as a professional um, to get that respect because my co-teacher was much older and she was amazing at pushing me to be a better version of myself and to be that professional um, and having those communication skills. And it really helped because six months down the road, she had a family emergency and I was in charge of the classroom. I became the lead teacher at 19. Oh, wow. It, yeah. There you go. It, you were set up because of that, because of those pushes too. Yeah. So, and that those meaningful relationships had already been established. So for new ECEs, definitely you want to set yourself apart and make sure that they know your name because you don't want to be in a position where you're trying to introduce yourself as an authoritative figure yeah. and try and gain that respect at the same time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like you said, it's really hard be that, be that professional because they're also looking for someone to be that professional at the same time. And you are professional and it hopefully will have more come from what's happened over the last year and a bit on the same side, but be that professional, continue to be, even if you feel like parents maybe aren't treating you that way, continue because it will develop some amazing skills for yourself. Oh yes, most certainly it does. And then all of this trickles down to the children. So of course, how does, right? So how does parent engagement benefit child development? There's this one is, it's probably one of my favorite questions, actually. Um, it's, there's so much meat in here and it kind of ties me back into those days where at least for myself, where mom would go in and, you know, be with the teacher and, and do the report card review. Obviously I'm talking a little bit older, like elementary school days, but yeah. it was the idea of that you're building that relationship. Cause at the time, but I never personally went through childcare myself, but that was mom's way of building and obviously having those conversations with, uh, with the teachers that when I was going up, growing up. So what you're doing is a, like I said, you're, you're starting with the community build. So the part that will allow you to tie back to some great pieces, if you want to, uh, really start adding to, um, you know, the culture of your classroom, if you want to really tap into, uh, different, uh, you know, races and cultures and foods and things like that, and allows you to open the door in, in that area alone. That one is fantastic. Please explore it more in detail when you have time, but what it does, of course, when it turns around to develop you have a good relationship with, uh, you know, your parents, whatever they're doing, you can come in, you can say, okay, these are the, you know, the roadblockers I'm starting to notice what's going on at home. And what are you doing differently that I'm not doing? Or what are you doing to be so more successful and I'm not being successful? So it starts to open up how you can further help the child develop, 
It's going to start opening up those doors, those windows. We all know this when parents and educators work hand in hand. It's also the same for parents, elementary, high school, middle school teachers when they're working hand in hand and they just have a better understanding of where their children are at, knowing that, okay, that's all right. They're still going to get to the places that they are going to get because we know this children learn on their own time. They're not mm-hmm. all going to follow the same, you know, strict set of rules and guidelines because hell I didn't. Um, we all probably didn't at one point. But, Certainly not. <laughs> right. We're all going to be set up for more and more success because we have both the parents and the educators supporting us. And that's probably your key thing right there is when you do have that, it benefits the child in so many different ways. What if, and I'll use an example, let's say we have, you know, maybe an older child, like, you know, three, four preparing for kindergarten. We're about to have that time of the year right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure many educators are starting to think about the switch around of rooms of, you know, children moving up, how you're going to start those pieces. And generally, at least I I find the literacy is one of the places we start looking at first. So of course, three and four area, we're looking at them starting to realize their names and writing and reading a little bit and all of those pieces start to play together. And you may have the one little guy or girl who just hasn't quite maybe figured it out. So what's going on at home? Do do parents read a lot at home? Or is their nighttime routine just really there? They have a lot happening. And maybe that's something that's being lost. And you can have those open conversations with parents being like, hey, don't forget to just take that 10 minutes to read a story. That will really help. So something as simple as that can play a huge part down the road for children. And of course, as early as possible, start reading folks. I can't recommend that enough. So. Oh, yes. As a private tutor, I can definitely second that 100%. (laughs) The sooner, the better. Oh, my goodness. Um, And absolutely. And what would be some struggles that you think Mm. that early childhood educators would run into when trying to communicate and build those relationships with parents? Um, My first one, and I've seen that, is don't assume I think that a lot of educators assume parents will, let's say, be upset about something right off the top. Um, So don't ever assume anything. Go in with confidence. Go in knowing, okay, these are the two routes that this parent may take with this conversation, whatever it may be. Um, And But don't assume they're going to take one of those routes. Just know which route is possible. Maybe even there's a third one you haven't quite figured out how you'll get down that road. But as long as you go in professional, don't assume parents will or won't be upset because you never know. Parents may be upset about something that you've highly praised. So it's it's assumption is where you can just totally get lost in. So that's one of the big ones. The other one is, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, continue to be professional. I've also said it a couple of times, just always continue to be professional. If it's a conversation that is starting to get out of hand and heaven forbid anyone end up in the situation where yes, a parent is sadly yelling at you in the hallway or in front of your entire classroom. Um, Also been there, folks, I'm sure yourself uh, don't, it's not a good time, no matter where you are. Uh, continue to be the professional when you can step back and say, okay, this is clearly not a time that we need to be having this conversation. Can we schedule some time, maybe take away some key pieces and then book some time with like your director, Mm -hmm. for example. Um, And lastly, I would say just continue to be your authentic self. It was one of the first things that I'd said. Um, If you are showing a facade of someone you're not, that will help take that relationship building piece down. It's going to kind of destroy it 
like something eating some like the wood being eaten underneath you. If you're not your authentic self and parents are going to start to think that this person's putting on a face for me all the time, that trust wall is going to get broken very quickly. So it's going to really add to your struggles. So if anything, being that is number one, continue to be the professional self you are and just really don't assume go in open-minded, go in knowing things could go totally south on you. And I hope they don't. Um, Me too. But can, <laughs> I know, right? Um, and th- there will be times you will have to be prepared. You might be totally shocked at what happens, but don't don't assume what parents will react to. Just go in knowing that things might go one way or the other, and, and this is how you'll handle it. And then from there, you'll, you'll actually start to build more tools into your toolbox. Oh, for sure. And most of the time, they know that we're there for the children. And usually the reaction is, you know, it's been a long day at work. It has not, it has absolutely nothing to do with what we have said. Um, so don't take it personal. Exactly. And it's about remembering that they're coming from a place of reaction. We need to come from a place of response. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You don't take it too personal right off the top. Um, I've had, and I'm sure you've had this for yourself, Carla. I've had parents who've come in, they kind of snapped one day, came in the next day and said exactly what you said. I had a really rough day and I actually took it out on you. And then I had a conversation with them because yes, you said it. We support the children first, always 150% of the children are there. Parents forget we're also there to support them. And, And then they lose that sight. They lose those pieces. And no matter how good your conversation is, and then it comes back at the end in so many surprising ways where they, they thank you. They bring you coffee, you know, maybe yes. a small Christmas present. There's so many great things that I've come across and I wasn't expecting. And it was their way of showing that their thanks. And it was wonderful. Oh, exactly. Like I've had that morning after where I get like that hug of like, I'm sorry that you were the person on the other end of that. I, that was not my intention. What you said was valid. Um, and a hug and a coffee. And you're just like, okay, there we <laughs> I, go we're good moving yeah. forward. Right. Exactly. And every day is new opportunity to just hit reset and try again. 150%. So how can ECEs, cause I know that a lot of chakra centers have been running all the way through the summer, but for those mm. who, you know, are about to go back into the classroom with a fresh new school year, what are ways that we can improve or start those parent engagements in our chakra programs right away? Oh, there's, that's a meaty question, Carl. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> if, if you potentially did have a bit of time off, and like you said, the structure of centers is, is such a variety. So if you had some time off, um, obviously what I would have done the end of the year, which is something that maybe you can't quite do yet, but maybe to keep in mind at the end of your school year for next year, um, survey your parents about things that went well. Oh, yes. Yes. It's a key one that we forget about 99.9% of the time. Always forget but because we're so excited to end the summer and it happens right (laughs) but at the same time take some feedback for them or start it as part of like your 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 welcome process whether you're welcoming a parent back maybe have like a parent welcome newsletter um whether they're new or not and just lay out some key pieces so maybe you will just start doing like maybe every three months you're going to start sending out a feedback form you'd like you know just two or three you know questions doesn't have to be large Um, to see what's working for them and what isn't. And then this way you actually have something to bring to the table of, okay, um, for example, let's say you're moving away from paper. You know, parents have said, I don't want this. I've had that parent, three kids, tons of daily reports just fell out of the back of his trunk. We've all probably been there. Um, It was fantastic. I laughed. I won't lie. Um, But at the same time, you're moving away from it. But what 
what is it the parents maybe look or what are they looking for? Maybe what are they afraid of? What do they want? What do they want you to keep doing? Um, you know, what do they want to keep seeing? And as part of your building their engagement with you and understanding their family uh, and their dimensions, you will start to feel these pieces. And then you can actually start implementing those things right away. So let's say, and you're going to have it. One parent's going to want to know absolutely everything, even though they're three, they're fully potty trained. They're going to want to know A, B through Z. And then the other parent's just going to say, just tell me if everything went bad. And you're like, okay, report back with something good. I highly recommend just report back with something good. But at the end of the day, you want to just keep grabbing that feedback. So I would make it part of whether that's your start process now, your finished process later, wherever it can be implemented within your process, within your classroom, center-wide, whatever you like to do, um, start with that right away because it'll actually lead to some great positive changes for whichever area you're working in. Oh, for sure. And I think something um, that I have found really works is consistency. Consistency is key. Um, I've been on the end of the tutor where I've looked at my students' reports and I've been on the side of the educator where I'm the one making the reports and it is disappointing. I don't want to say frustrating, but it's disappointing when you've come to really enjoy those reports, whether it's weekly, daily, monthly, whether it's a quarterly newsletter, um, as an educator, put it in your calendar. So what I do is like, I'll put a date when the newsletter has to go out. And then a month before that, I'll put myself a reminder inside my calendar to say, don't forget to write the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are some people, I am one of them that really looks forward to receiving those updates. Um, and it's really disappointing. And then you think, oh, well, they're burnt. Like, are they burnt out? Are they too busy? Um, because we all go in with good intentions and yep. you don't want them to fall away and then be like, oh, I'll just start again in September. No, you want to start again immediately. You, you don't yeah. want to let it fall off. And I agree. I love the, I do that with myself. Some of my work pieces, I just drop in, in my calendar, be like, even my to-do list for that day. Me too. Like, otherwise I'll lose it. <laughs> Let's be realistic oh, for yeah. myself, but it's a huge piece. And you're right. Even though you might have those families or you might feel like more families than this part of your feedback, you might feel like your families don't, let's say, like that newsletter, but yet you come back to find out and you've done some feedback taking that they love it. But here in your mm -hmm. mind, you've assumed they didn't like it. So maybe you let it fall off the radar. And then, like you said, you have to start again. So it's a key one. I, consistency as well, I could definitely say is another key piece. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, and then what else have you done to increase parent engagement in your programs? Ooh, this is a big one. Um, and I know COVID has really, really made this difficult. And hopefully yeah. we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I know many centers can't do a lot of the things they'd love to be doing right now. And, and I hope that, like I said, that that changes over the course of time. But one of the key ones, and especially being the center that I worked at, the community type was very, um, you know, very Caucasian. We didn't have too much variety that was going on. So anytime we got, especially a family from a different area, different country, different culture, different, whatever it may be, started exploring and diversity has been a huge topic. Um, we've yes. been talking it a lot here at Hi Mama. That one on its own opens and presents doors you would have never imagined. Um, you know, families who, for all you know, they have some sort of background that they are very divulged in, that they, they you know, they love. And of course, and it's so nice to see it coming out from families. So exploring those through, for me, the top one was food, different types of food, of course, being allergy specific and being careful and of things course. like that. But, um, and we all know those pieces, but 
making sure to like find out reasons behind it, maybe explore having that child show and telling that day about things that they're going to be eating at lunch, for example, and exploring those or snack or whatever you've set up. Um, Of course, visitors, depending on where you are right now is a no-no or it's a maybe or whatever it can be, but having maybe even a family member coming in and explaining some of their background, just at obviously a very basic level, we're obviously talking about young children here, or just singing some you know, cultural songs, things like that. Those are pieces that as well tie really back to communication with your family and making them feel like the community is there. And and that's your community within your classroom. You have a community within your center and it's two pieces that grow simultaneously. And it helps to just, A, food is usually great. That's, I go everywhere on my stomach. I won't lie. But me too. It's the great piece. I've had some great introductions to some fantastic friends of ours now about the types of food for their cultures, and it just opened so many great doors of conversation. So um, those are some key ones. If you haven't, obviously, like I said, it's not an easy one right now with COVID, but please do give it a try in areas you can, but you can also do it in other things like, for example, through books right now, it's a big one, Uh, through different experiences in regards to like sensory experiences um, that that ties back a little bit with food, the, you know, taste, smell, feel, touch, all of those pieces will tie back a little bit in so many great ways. Um, And then maybe even getting stories from families, maybe doing a sharing of a story that maybe obviously families can't Come in, but you can share pictures of families around your classroom, making sure there's a huge variety of pictures of family. Maybe they're not even at the center anymore, but they're more than happy to leave a family photo behind in one regard. It allows the children to also identify with other people, other, you know, things that are going on in their lives. And, you know, holidays is another key one take those holidays, run with it. There's so many amazing holidays out there that you can have so, so much fun with. Explore those and it will just open you a Pandora's box. That's amazing. Not the scary one. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I had the pleasure of working at a center and our president was amazing. And what she did was she actually uh, contracted out somebody to come in and do a huge wall mural of all the different ways to say hello. I love this. I love it. Love it. Love it. It was amazing because people would walk in and the first thing they would do is look for hello in their native language. And then it would immediately spark up a conversation with me as the supervisor. And I would be able to immediately have this connection with them and be able to learn about their culture and where they've come from. Um, We had a lot of new families to Canada um, and it was a great opportunity to open that conversation about what they need in terms of support for their child. So Yes. And being able to have those conversations is so important. And again, leading back to what we're talking about today, increasing that parent engagement. Yeah, it comes full circle. And like you said, with those, it's that icebreaker moment. It's a great piece too. And and families are more than happy to share. They want to share. They want to be a part of what's going on in the classroom, even though they can't physically be there. And like you said, when you, you start learning more about the families, especially as a supervisor, you also may find out things that like, Maybe they need a little bit more support in some regards. Maybe there's a community center not far by who helps with, you know, like you said, your situation new to Canada. So maybe they are, are looking for English classes maybe or, or something along those lines yes. and, and they can get involved with it. Or they're looking for a play group on a Saturday to just get to know some of the people in the area. Those sorts of things. Till you open that door, they won't come out because parents aren't going to really they're going to just hold on to it. They're, they're looking at what's going on and they're, you know, paying attention to what's happening with their child. They don't realize that 
they're also part of this growth and this development. So, right. They're part of the center, right? Like the center should always be one big giant family. And that communication piece is so important. Um, my last question for you is, is in a world where so many people are going to be going back to work in September, I I'm assuming for many people, yeah. the pickups are going to start where, you know, there's going to be 7am drop-offs and 6pm pickups. And that core teacher in the middle might not actually see the parents. So what is a way that somebody can communicate beyond a newsletter more so on a day to day? How can the daytime teacher communicate with parents who do the early morning drop-off or the late night pickups and don't see the, their child's main teacher? Yeah, this is a good one. And, and I hope that, um, I hope we are there in September and in that we're in those areas and that we resume a little bit more normal. We're on the path here. Um, same side, fingers crossed everybody. Um, same side, this is a big one. And I'm going to tie this one back to COVID a little bit because COVID has, it's done a couple of really key pieces. It has really opened a lot of eyes. It has really pushed a lot of pieces and it's just shown how, how professional educators are. And I cannot stress just how much each and every one of them have done throughout this pandemic, no matter where you are in the world, wherever Agreed. you're listening, yes. that one I, I can echo strong. So what is done though, is it's shown centers that, you know, of course, if we rewind, not that any of us want to rewind to last March where, you know, we of course didn't know what was going on. We were all locked down. There was like two weeks of what is happening of how can we run of what can we do? What do we have to change? You know, the process just went like twofold over everything that was going on. And a lot of centers did pivot to digital. And of course me being in my age of where I am in like my growing up life, digital of course is a big piece, but it's starting to change in so many great ways. And don't be afraid of it. Any educator out there, please don't be afraid of it because it's actually going to aid you. And and I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why. So it's going to aid you in so many pieces. Yes, you're that core teacher, but you don't maybe see them at drop-off or see them at pickup. So what do you do? You rely on, of course, the opening teacher and the closing teacher for start to make sure any very important messages that if, if, Mind you, if you should be making a phone call if it's extreme, mm-hmm. but um, any important messages that do get along are obviously being sent along. But this is where the digital piece ties in. So many families that depending on where you are, you're not allowed back in the center. It, it, this is a variety of places are yes. still doing this. Um, and you can't actually participate in that, that beautiful piece of the center yet as a parent. So you want to keep your community going and of these pieces, you want to start that communication over the digital world. We are in a digital age. We are moving along to it. So start picking up something really easy. Hi mama can be one of those pieces, shameless plug here for you, but at the same time, um, (laughs) getting those pieces like pictures, uh, videos, milestones that they're happening, a developmental milestone. Those are huge, huge pieces. And as an educator, like you were saying, being that professional, getting those pieces out, maybe having an emailing, you know, back to back a little bit over the course of time with a parent, maybe this is their first time and they're having to leave your, their child with you at the door. How the hell do they feel? I personally can't tell you, but my heart just falls out and then flat down six flights of stairs because they have to potentially leave their 12 month old with you, their two year old, their three, however old it is, they, they can't come in. And it's, that's, it's sad, but 
if you can give them those pieces, if you can give them that message of, yes, so-and-so cried, uh, but now is a picture of them having a freaking blast because that's always what happens. Having those pieces and getting that along will start creating those open pieces for you when it comes to that parent engagement. It will keep the communication strong. And then hopefully soon, we can see families back in the centers. We can see families engaging again, and you can keep those pieces going because they know, okay, between these hours, I can, you know, potentially even message in and say, hey, you know, she had a bad night and they can actually message in, especially on Hi Mama, you can message back and forth as well as let have drop-off notes. So yes, they didn't sleep well. They're probably really cranky and good luck today. Hopefully that's not what the message you guys send them. Um, <laughs> oh, but I've at least, I got those at <laughs> least once a week when I was in program. You're like, you right? know what? That's great. Because then as the educator, you say, mommy told me you had a really rough night's sleep. Yes. Do you want to maybe go and have some quiet time in the book nook? Right. Because then you're talking to the child about their feelings and they know that you and the parent are communicating. So it creates that whole team approach, yep. right? Exactly. Exactly. And then you might know, okay, this is why you flew off the handle 10 minutes ago for no reason. And, or I, you know, maybe gave you the yellow plate and you wanted a green one, but you're because of variety of reasons that you actually now know. And so those pieces are huge. And then yes, what if they did have a hard day? Those notes home, obviously keep them professional, but the same side be like, Hey, if you want to talk further, I can chat, let's say tomorrow between 10 and 11, like I'm just throwing out a couple pieces. Those pieces will be huge for you now, especially as we look at going into September and going into a new school year and and hopefully some, some more light at the end of the tunnel. So Right. But no, I'm so glad you brought up about how parents aren't even allowed to go into the centers. Cause in my head, I was thinking that seven to six, I was even thinking, you know, a lot of time grandparents would pick up, right. And you, mm-hmm. you hope the message gets relayed, but it doesn't always. Um, but I mean, on the bigger end, they're not parents, grandparents, guardians, they're not going into the centers. So yep. it really is key to be sending those messages home. Um, because otherwise, parents are going to question who they're sending their child to be with all day. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want them doing that. And and they shouldn't have to be, they shouldn't have to be. So no, not at all. Um, this has been incredible. I am thrilled because even as an educator of 16 years, I'm like, Oh, I know how to do parent engagement. But what I love about podcasting is, as I always learn so much from my guests and I'm so appreciative that you came on today to share your knowledge with us. Carla, thank you so much for having me on and just sharing pieces. And, and like yourself, when when I get to talk with the guests who come on our webinars at Hi Mama, like it just, yes, like you, I, I've had lots going on in my head. And then all of a sudden it's like, I never thought of it that way. Or it, it was just some enlightening moment. And that's the piece I love about, about being on. So thank you for taking some time to have me share with you today. So. Absolutely. And for all our listeners, all the Hi Mama information will be on the podcast notes at EL Foundation slash podcast, where you can connect and check out Hi Mama.